Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast. This is your host, Hal Elrod. And today's episode, I think, is so important for all of us. We're talking about cultivating your miracle mindset for 2024. And I sent a survey out earlier this week and asked you what the number one thing that you, our community, wanted help with in 2024. And 78.2% of you said mindset. That was the number one answer, mental and emotional well-being, aka mindset. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Today, I'm going to share with you the seven attributes of a miracle mindset. So we're going to define it, the seven attributes that you're going to, uh, or I'm inviting you to aspire to develop and cultivate every day. And then I'm going to give you three keys. So I'm going to simplify those seven attributes into three simple, straightforward keys to cultivating your miracle mindset. Before we dive into the episode, I want to take just a couple of minutes not only to acknowledge and thank our sponsors, but I want to tell you about some new products that I am trying for the first time. I realize I've known this for a long time, but I'm a creature of habit and I just take the same products every day, the same Organifi protein powder or this or that. And I realize I wanted to really expand and look at their product line. And I recently went and had some blood work done and I have all sorts of negative after effects from chemotherapy. My liver is having problems. I have heart problems. I have bone problems. My hormones are like there's all sorts. And if you ever had cancer or chemotherapy, you may be aware that it really is detrimental to your body. So I'm doing everything I can to rebuild it. And so I'm utilizing Organifi. There are three new products that I am adding that I wasn't using before. The first is their liver reset. These are all capsules, by the way. Liver reset supports the liver's natural detox process and helps with digestion and energy. So taking that, really liking it. And I'll let you know as I experience more effects because I just started taking it. The other is their Balance Probiotic. And it's got twice the spore-forming strains of their original formula. It's in a vegan capsule to help you get your gut health in order. And then last but not least is Turmeric Plus, which is an organic superfood powder that provides natural inflammation and immune support with the goodness of turmeric and other powerful superfoods. And I learned when I had cancer that cancer is essentially caused by inflammation. Don't quote me. I'm quoting another doctor, but uh, and there's many doctors that would say the same thing, but most, if not all, disease is caused by inflammation. So turmeric is a natural superfood that helps to reduce your inflammation. So if you want to try those products, again, the liver reset, the balance probiotic, turmeric plus, or any of the normal products, I say normal, the ones meaning the ones I usually talk about, like the protein powder or the red juice or the focus, head over to Organifi.com forward slash Hal, and you'll get 20% off as a listener of the podcast when you use the discount code Hal, H-A-L. Again, that is Organifi spelled O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com forward slash Hal, and then use the discount code H-A-L to get 20% off 
all things Organifi. And then last but not least, I'm actually super excited to share this with you. So Cured Nutrition, I've used their Rise Nootropic in the morning for years, and I've used their, or since I started working with them for the last year or so, and then I've used their nighttime oil to go to bed in the evening. Well, somebody recommended these Serenity gummies to me, and I'm like, "Ah, I'm not big into gummies, and they have an ingredient that I wasn't sure if it was working for me or if it would work with my body. And that is uh, ashwagandha because I was told that was I was allergic to that one day. Anyway, long story short, I decided to try these gummies. They're called serenity gummies. You either take them at night before you go to bed. You can take them before your meditation, just whenever you need to wind down. In fact, Cured Nutrition says that for your ultimate peace, try using serenity gummies as your new replacement for alcohol, end of the day unwind, or nightly relaxation. So I've been taking them in the evening and I just feel so good when I take them. And in terms of what they have in them, it's a blend of functional mushrooms, adaptogens, and low-dose THC. Now, this is so low-dose that it is sold over the counter online. Like, this isn't like you're going to get high, but it really adds to the feeling of just serenity. And I want to say the last thing, my neighbor came over. She came over the other day and she told me she was struggling with sleep and she had tried everything in the last few weeks. She can't get to sleep. She's got five kids, so she needs her sleep. I said, hey, try these Serenity gummies. I just started taking them. No joke. This is on New Year's Eve, actually, a couple nights ago. And uh, she texts me the next day. Oh, my gosh, those gummies worked. First night of sleep in the last, I don't know how long it had been, X amount of weeks. So they really do work. If you want to try the Serenity gummies or the other products I always recommend, I highly recommend checking them out at curednutrition.com forward slash Hal. That is cured, C-U-R-E-D, nutrition.com forward slash Hal and use the discount code H-A-L for 20% off your entire order. All right, goal achievers and members of the Miracle Morning community, without further ado, let's talk about how to cultivate your miracle mindset. Hey, Goal Achievers and members of the Miracle Morning community, welcome to today's podcast. This will be January 10th, if all goes well, and we release this episode on time. When you're listening to this, it's about five days before that right now, so pretty close. And I sent out an email a couple days ago to our community and a text asking essentially what your single biggest challenge is right now and which areas you want help with in 2024. That was the premise of the called it the Miracle Morning Community 2024 check-in and just checking in with you to again, find out what your biggest challenge is right now and then what areas you want help with in 2024. And I'm utilizing the information from the survey to help guide how I better serve you this year. And I mentioned in the email and in the survey that this past year, I was really consumed and overwhelmed with my book launch. I feel like I I really felt in conflict with my values at times because I do want to add as much value as I can. And I was so busy that I couldn't, I had so many things on my plate, I couldn't put energy and time that I wanted to into thinking, how can I better serve the audience? It was like, I got to get this book deadline done. I got to get this chapters due on this day. And now I got to, I got to get this. There were so many things. And you have I've been sure you've been there where you maybe are not in alignment with how you want to show up as a parent or as a spouse or with your health because you're just so busy, right? It's, it's just a place that we find ourselves. Sometimes this year, my one of my themes this year is space. 
meaning creating space for myself to not have such a full schedule. Uh, and already it feels good. It feels so good to be in that place. It's not perfect. There are certain days where I'm like, oh my gosh, I've still have so many things I got to get done. But that's one of my main themes. And my biggest theme this year is relationships and relationships, meaning how do I better serve the people I love and the people that I lead. And so the survey that I sent out, I want to go over the results with you really quickly. And then we're going to dive into the number one topic, which was mindset. And today we're talking about cultivating your miracle mindset. Now, the answers to the question, what's your single biggest challenge right now? They were both all over the place, tons of different answers, you know, thousands of answers. And then there also were many, in fact, mostly I would say repetitive answers, right? So like things like I need more money that came up hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. I need to lose weight. Uh, that came up hundreds of times. My relationship came up countless times. Um, there was also a lot of answers like procrastinating is a challenge for me or being focused, which is kind of the other side of the same coin. Uh, and consistency, that came up a lot as well. Um, there were also very specific responses that were things like leaving my corporate job of 13 years and being my own boss. Right. So this person, they want to leave their corporate job and be their own boss. That's their number one challenge, as they described it, is figuring out how to do that. Uh, another person said starting a business while I still work full time. So kind of similar to that first answer. Another person said executing a successful transition to a purposeful retirement. And uh, if you're you know, retiring, I know my my dad and my father-in-law, I, I see how stressful that is. I wouldn't have thought I would have thought, oh, retirement. Great. It's, you know, now you're, ah, oh, it's such a relief. You can retire. And I found that doesn't seem to be uh, the case. I'm also in the midst of working on the book, The Miracle Morning for Seniors. And I'm also learning more about what life is like either during uh, or really mostly in this case after uh, retirement. Uh, and then one that hits home for me Somebody answered their single biggest challenge was building my business to a solid level to ensure I'm financially supporting my family while also focusing on the depth of my relationship with my family. Boy, do I relate to that. Maybe you do too. That's probably my biggest one is, you know, building my business, making an impact for other people and not doing that at the cost of serving my family, right? That can be a challenge. And last but not least, there were some detailed responses around personal challenges that people have had that were really heart-wrenching, you know, and just makes me realize like we're, we're all going through, you know, what's that that quote? Everybody is silently struggling or, or something like that. Or everyone's fighting their own battle. So be kind, you know, something along those lines. And these answers really reminded me of that. Someone said, emotional management after losing my dad last year. And, uh, I, you know, I love my dad and the thought of one day losing him is, is, is very difficult to, I don't even, I don't like to go down that rabbit or think deeply into that. Cause it's like, it's not happening right now. I want to be present to having my dad, but the thought that, wow, that one day I'm going to deal with that loss as well. We all are. Uh, and that's tough. Another one was supporting and encouraging my son as he goes through therapy for self-harm as a dad. I can just imagine how difficult that would be. And someone else said, my boyfriend had a stroke in 2021 and is now on disability. I'm trying to take care of myself, but haven't been able to get up to do the Miracle Morning since about October. I work a full-time job. I also work a part-time job, and I have a home-based craft business, plus taking care of him, our house, cooking, cleaning, bills, etc. The reason I shared these challenges with you is because you're not alone. That's one of the reasons I wanted to share these with you is you're not alone. If you're struggling in your life, you're not alone. And I want to remind you of a few things, that being the first one that you're not alone, but also that it's temporary, that most things are temporary. Now, if you lost your father like that person did, obviously it's not temporary, but the pain that you feel 
when something new occurs in your life, that can be temporary. And the emotional turmoil in any form, whether it's fear, when you learn about something new, like when you find out about the economy crashing or you find out about the state of the world and some of the, you know, what governments are doing, whatever it may be, right? When I found out I had cancer, initially the fear was very intense. And then as I acclimated to this new information, this new world that we're living in, and I, you know, I'm reading a book right now. It's the new updated version of Margaret Wheatley's book, Who Do I Choose to Be? And she essentially, and I'll, I'll probably bring her on the podcast later this year, hopefully sooner rather than later, but she talks about that there are a lot of things in the world. The world, essentially every society collapses, every single one. There's not a single society in history that has just indefinitely stood that's still going empires collapse and she studies the collapse of empires and then essentially she asked the question okay whatever stage we are in right now who do you choose to be and you may have heard me say that i've actually referenced her first book i read it years ago and i used to reference it i think i read a little bit out of it uh, it's a phenomenal book a phenomenal topic but it takes something that's very scary you know the collapse of modern civilization or whether it's the entirety of the world or in a country. And she does, you know, it's as well researched as any book, right? This isn't just her feeling or like a conspiracy theory. She's saying, hey, here's and even Ray Dalio, you know, billionaire investor Ray Dalio. He wrote The Changing New World Order, right? Like he's written books about this same thing in the last few years. But uh, it's a very sobering topic. And then she asks, OK, hey, when once you can accept that there are certain realities in our life, death being one of them, right? Like knowing you're going to lose a parent or that you're going to die. Once you accept a reality, then the question is, okay, this is reality that I have to face. I can either curl up in a ball and, you know, and, and, and live in fear and give up, or I can ask the question, who do I choose to be in the face of this reality, in the face of my reality, when I had cancer and I might die I was given a 20% chance of surviving in the quest. At first I was scared and then I went, okay, wait a minute. Living in fear doesn't serve me. So the question, who am I choosing to, who am I going to be? Who do I choose to be in the midst of this really scary, dismal diagnosis that statistically I'm going to die and leave my kids without a dad? Who will I choose to be in the midst of this? Right. What attributes will I choose to embody? How about courage? How about faith? How about resilience? You follow? You often can't change the outside force, the thing that's happening, but you always get to choose who you're going to be in the midst of that. And cultivating your miracle mindset for 2024 is crucial. I would argue that I'd argue that your mental and emotional state is the single most important aspect of our lives to optimize each day. And of course, I agree starting first thing in the morning, right? Your miracle morning, optimize your mental and emotional state, your mindset, cultivate that miracle mindset first thing in the morning. And then you can be at your best throughout the day to deal with the realities that you face, the challenges that you come up against, right? Who are you going to be? And what's amazing about that is when you focus not on what you can't control, the state of the world, how your family treats you, the, the economy, right? We can't control those things. When you focus on not on what you can't control, but on what you can control, which is like, okay, these are the challenging things. Right. And maybe I was living in fear, but that doesn't serve me. So who am I going to be moving forward? And when you when you d define and I'm going to talk about this miracle mindset, what does that look like? What are the attributes that we're talking about here and how do you do it? But when you 
get to that point and then you choose the accurate, you know what? I'm going to show up with courage. I'm going to show up with faith. I'm going to show up with, with motivate, whatever it is, motivation, resilience, love. So I'm going to, I'm going to be in a, a, a source of light and joy for the people around me. Once you focus on that, what you can control, all of a sudden the fear just kind of fades away because you're not focusing on that anymore. Yeah, that thing you're afraid of is still there, but your energy is not on the thing you can't control and the fear. It's now on what you can control, which is showing up at your absolute best, or I should say your relative best, because I want to make a quick distinction. Your absolute best, like the best you've ever been, that might not be where you're at right now, right? Like there are certain times where I'm not in a place like when I had cancer, I wasn't physically able to show up at my best physically. I was you know, I I'd lost 25% of my body weight. I was sick. I was being poisoned with chemotherapy that was simultaneously killing the cancer, but it was also killing me. I couldn't show up at my absolute best. So I had to show up at my relative best. Not I had to, I chose to. That's an important distinction. You don't have to, you can show up at your worst. When you're facing adversity, whether it's financial or physical or mental and emotional or relational, whatever it is, you can show up at your absolute worst. You can give up. You can be a victim, right? You can choose that. I'm inviting all of us to choose to show up at our best. And, and today it's about how do you cultivate that miracle mindset to be able to do that? I wanted to share some other things from the survey. I also asked the question I mentioned earlier, which areas do you want help with in 2024? And the answers were pretty consistent. And I want to run through these because I want you to think about these. And I want you to know this is going to inform what I'm going to cater the podcast topics to throughout this year. So the number one answer to what you want help with in 2024 was mindset. And in parentheses, I put a mental and emotional well-being on the, uh, the check-in form. And that's why that's the topic today, right? Cultivating your miracle mindset because 78.2% of you, of our community members said they want help with their mindset. 78%. Think about that. I just said that arguably the most important thing for you to optimize every day is your mindset, your mental and emotional state. And that would go to show, well, 80% of you, that is what you want help with. So you get it. You, a, it's, it's a challenge for all of us and we need support and guidance and help. That's A. And then B, it's something that we realize that we want help with, right? I want help. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to suffer in silence. Like I've got some challenges, my mental and emotional well-being with my mindset. I'm living in fear. I'm focused on the negative. I'm focused on things that are out of my control. It's human nature to be all of the above. So we all want support in that area. So 78% of you said mindset. Uh, the number two answer was personal growth. 69% of you saying it's something that you need help with. And obviously that's a big topic for uh, the, the podcast. Finances was number three. The third topic that y'all wanted help with in the Miracle Morning community and listeners of the Achieve Your Goals podcast was money. 63.4% of our community said they want help with that. Uh, and then I'll run through the rest of these quickly. 62% of you said health and fitness. That was number four. Health and fitness, 62%. You want help with that? Uh, number five was work and career with 54%. Number six was the miracle morning with 47%. That actually kind of surprised me. I thought, oh, that's interesting. So we will obviously, that's my expertise. The, more than anything is the miracle morning. And that is tied in, I would say, with your number two answer, which is personal growth, right? Because that's what the miracle morning is. It's a personal growth, personal development daily ritual. Number seven was relationships with friends and family at 38%. Number eight was marriage at 23.9%. Number nine was parenting at 18%. So I'm going to really start 
at the top, and then I'll cycle through these because I want to ask you something to consider. If you want to improve an area of your life, if you want to master an area of your life, do you think that it's reasonable to learn something once, like one time, and then be expected to remember it, let alone master it? I'd imagine your answer is no, unless you have a photographic memory and you can learn something once and then you can integrate it into your life and you never forget it and you master it. You're probably like the top one-tenth or one-hundredth of one percent of human beings on the planet. So for most of us, it's better to learn something, right? Let me ask you. Or so rather than learn something once and expect to be able to integrate it in your life and master it, let alone again, just even remember it. Or is it better to learn something, to be given time to apply it in your life? And then to learn it again and again, only with nuanced and maybe slightly different perspectives and approaches each time. And I'd imagine my answer would be it's the second, right? It's the latter. It's no, you got to learn something. It's like if you're learning, think of a martial art, right? You learn a, your sensei teaches you how to throw a certain kind of punch or boxing, right? It's how you throw an uppercut or hook, right? You don't just learn it once and then go throw your uppercut by yourself for the next three years and hope you got it right. You're probably going to learn it once. You're going to try it. You're probably going to get feedback, whether from yourself or from your sensei, and they're going to go, hey, I want you to roll your hips this way. Tweak, I want you to lean further down when you throw that uppercut, right? You're going to want to learn it over and over. And then the sensei might say, hey, uh, hey, Johnny, come on over here. Johnny's a black belt. Show this person, show them how you throw a perfect uppercut because you've, you've been doing this for years. Then Johnny throws his, his uppercut. Now you're learning the same move. But you're seeing it nuanced with a slightly different perspective from a different master at that one thing. It's why I don't read like one book on a topic and think, oh, I'm a master in finances because I read, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, or I read The Total Money Makeover, or I read Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, or I read Think and Grow Rich, or I read, I'm trying to think of all the books. You know, these are some of the financial books that I've read, right? It's learning nuances on the same topic in order to master it. So with that, that's why this year we are going to be revisiting these topics that y'all said you need help with mindset, money, personal growth, health and fitness, work and career, the miracle morning relationships, all of these topics. And today I'm going to share my approach to cultivating a miracle mindset with you. And that includes both the tools that I use every day and that I've talked about for years, such as the miracle morning and the miracle equation. And the miracle life, right? Those are things that I use. It also includes new perspectives, nuances, and, and approaches to enhance your understanding and how effectively you can live what you learn. Because learning something has a limited value. If you learn something, but you don't remember it, it has little to no value. If you learn something and you remember it, but you don't apply it, it has very minimal value, right? So it's important that we learn something multiple times over an extended period of time. There's a lot of things that I've learned in the past and I'll, be, I'll read my notes or I'll reread re a book and I'll go, oh my gosh, I don't live that at all. I completely forgot that, right? Completely forgot it. That's why I often say in the Miracle Morning, I said, there's more value to me in rereading a book that I've already read than there is in reading the book for the first time. Because when you read a book for the first time or you learn a new idea, you go to an event, you learn something, you're being exposed to a concept, right? You're being exposed to it. But when you reread a book or you re 
learn a concept. Now you're deepening your learning. You're deepening your understanding. You're understanding it from a much deeper place because you've, oh, I've already been exposed to that idea. It's not new. It's something I'm aware of. And now you're able to really consider it at a deeper level. So again, I'm going to, the podcast and things moving forward, we're going to keep revisiting these topics in different ways. I'll bring guests on, so on and so forth. Now, I want to mention one other thing. I also asked on the um, the check-in form, call it a survey if you want. I also asked if you aspired to do any of the following professional pursuits that I've personally had success with and I might be able to help you with. So I, I asked you about you know starting a podcast and, uh, and being a coach, things that I've done in the past or do now. The top three responses to that question, do you aspire to do any of these things and would like help? Number one was write a book. Number two was lead slash facilitate groups and or lead events, host events. And the number three answer from y'all was to become a professional speaker. So that, you know, those are my areas of expertise. I've written books. I've led groups and masterminds. I am a keynote speaker. So I want to be able to take my knowledge and help you and bring in other experts on this topic. So I immediately, once I got your survey the other day, the results, right, they started coming in. I immediately began reaching out to my network to get help in these areas. And I reached out, those are your top three answers, write a book, lead and facilitate groups, become a professional speaker. I reached out to the people that are the best in these areas that I am aware of. And I was able to get one of them to commit. So I was able to schedule a free training. In fact, it'll be in just, he was able to do it in a week week and a half, two weeks, January 16th. So this is the CEO and founder of self-publishing school, Chandler Bolt. I have brought y'all Chandler many times in the past. In fact, he's already helped hundreds of people in the Miracle Morning community to write and publish their first book, hundreds. I don't know if it's 200 or 300, I don't, I've lost count. But um, if you want to attend that training, it's coming up uh, on January 16th. You can mark your calendar. I'll send out, oh, you can register, I think, right now. Yeah, go to selfpublishing.com forward slash Hal selfpublishing.com forward slash Hal. I'll send an email out to anybody that's not listening to the podcast, but if you want to be one of the first to register, you can register at that URL, selfpublishingschool.com forward slash Hal. And that will walk you through how to get clarity on your book, uh, what you want to write about, how to do it, how to get focused, how to take action. I mean, again, Chandler has led this training probably half a dozen times for our community in the past. And so I knew it was an easy, I'm like, hey, Chandler, when's your soonest available opening? This is the number one thing my community wants to learn. And so there you go. We're all set for the 16th. And it's at, I think, noon central. I'm not looking at it. I'm going off memory. Noon central on January 16th. All right. Let's talk about cultivating a miracle mindset. And Again, this is arguably the most important thing to focus on. So I want to first define it for you. And then we'll talk about a few ways to implement it. And I'm not going to go like this could be a three-hour masterclass. I could share with you 10 different steps to cultivate a miracle mindset. But I want to keep this simple. One of my goals this year is to keep the podcast as close to 30 minutes as possible. And, you know, I know I'm going to go over sometimes, especially with the commercial in the intro in the beginning, you do an extra five minutes. So if the podcast is 30, that'll be 35, you know, but I want to keep it as short as possible. And I want to keep it as simple as possible. I want to like try to limit it to between one and three ideas so that you can, again, live what you learn. If you learn 10 ideas on a podcast, what are the odds that you're going to remember, let alone implement those 10 ideas, right? Not very good. So I want to keep it simple. I think ideally one, but today I'm going to go over three different ideas on cultivating a miracle mindset. All right. So first let's define it. So what it, who, what's a miracle mindset? 
I get to find this so many different ways, but as I was preparing for the podcast today, I was, you know, thinking of what are the attributes of a miracle mindset? How would you define it? Number one, and if you're taking notes, jot this down. So number one, a miracle mindset, confident and resilient. So if you have a miracle mindset, you are confident and resilient. And those, those two go hand in hand because resilience is confidence in your ability to handle whatever life throws your way. I would actually call this unwavering faith in yourself, like confidence. Being confident and resilient is having unwavering faith in yourself and your ability to handle anything that life throws at you. So that's that's the first attribute of a miracle mindset, confident and resilient. The second is growth-minded, growth-minded. And part of the confidence that we're talking about, that confidence comes from knowing that you can constantly learn, grow, evolve, and expand your capabilities, Right. So that gives you confidence knowing that, okay, even if I don't know how to do something or I've never done something before or I've never been able to handle something before, I have a growth mindset, which is I have the belief, the knowledge. I know that I can always learn and grow and evolve and expand my capabilities. I know that I have a growth mindset. So that's the second is the first attribute is confident, resilient. The second is growth minded. The third. uh, And I just I put happy. I could call it, you know, joyful or emotionally content or whatever, but happy. And by the way, most of the time, I don't know anyone that's happy all of the time. i actually, I probably used to be that guy. And it was cause I was like in denial over, or I didn't know how to, I, I like, I had a self-protection mechanism where I didn't look at the negative aspects of life and that was so I could be happy. And it was really nice. It was really nice living in this like la la land for most of my life. But then I realized that there were downfalls to that. Number one is you weren't getting the full or I wasn't getting the full range of the human experience, right? I mean, who's to label, you know, painful emotions as bad. I was, I used to label them as bad. It was like, avoid all the painful negative emotions and just indulge in the positive emotions. And again, it's nice. It's like being on a, it's like being on drugs all the time. Just, you're just high all the time. Life's great. And there's something to say, like, I would rather be there most of the time. But number one, if you're not feeling sad or angry or scared, you're not allowing yourself to, you don't, you're, you're missing out on being human. That's part of being human. My younger self did not experience the full range of what it means to be human. But the second challenge, and I think for me, this was the biggest one is I didn't have empathy. How could I understand what it was like? For someone else to feel sad, angry, scared, depressed when I never allowed myself to feel it. And so it was really difficult. And, and you can ask my wife or any of my ex-girlfriends. It was very difficult to be with me because I just, whenever they, A, I didn't like being in the ick with people, right? So it's like if someone's feeling down, I'm like, Ugh, like I don't, I don't know. I don't do down. Like, what's just snap out of it. Like, just be happy. Just, just choose to be happy. And because I had never allowed myself to feel those painful emotions, I, didn't I, I only knew happy, right? Um, but anyway, so I'm going too deep into that, I think, or maybe deep, perfectly deep enough for you. But being happy is part of it. A miracle mindset is that you are, for the most part, you're positive, you're happy, you enjoy life, right? That's a miracle mindset. To me, that's heaven. Heaven on earth is any moment of joy. That's heaven on earth. Think about that. If you're in a moment of like, oh my God, I've never felt so happy. Maybe it's cause it's usually because of an outside event, right? Oh, I just I'm getting married, or I just had a, my my baby was born. I've never felt so happy. To me, I want you to realize that all of those moments, that to me is heaven on earth. Because what could be better than those moments? Like whatever heaven is, I don't know what could be better than those moments of 
you're in bliss. It's perfect. You're not worried. You're not scared. You feel safe. You just feel an overwhelming sense of love for life, for yourself, for the people in your life, right? Like that's heaven on earth. And so to me, a miracle mindset is being able to experience that on a daily basis, on a daily, and that's, that's part of the miracle life. The miracle life, which is the you know the the concept I've I've taught on the podcast, but I teach it's the the last chapter in the new Miracle Morning updated and expanded edition, the new book. And by the way, thanks for supporting that. If you got that book, thank you so much. Like it's currently ranked number three hundred and forty five on Amazon. That's the highest it's ever been ranked in eleven years since the original came out. So uh, that like when I say that, I get a little heaven on earth. I'm like, oh, that makes me so happy. Like it is changing lives and and my book that I worked hard on. So I personally, it's like, wow, for it to be doing that well, it's just, anyways, it's exciting. So um, thank you. I just want to say thank you for your support for those that got the book. It means a lot. All right. Back to the miracle mindset, the definition, defining it. Number four, the fourth attribute is at peace, to be at peace. If you have a miracle mindset, you're at peace with the things you can't change. Because to not be at peace is futile. It's a waste, in my opinion, of your mental and emotional energy. If you're disturbed by something that you can't change, and by the way, I'm not judging that. That's normal. I get disturbed by things I can't change all the time. But usually within a matter of a minute or a few minutes, because I practice for so long, it's like, oh, wait a minute, I'm resisting reality. I'm wishing I could change something that I can't change. It's a waste of my energy. So I'm going to accept it fully and completely allow myself to be at peace with it. And I'll put my hand on my heart. I'll take a deep breath. And I say, can't change it. I can't change that thing that happened or that's happening right now or that I know is going to happen tomorrow or that's happening this year you know, or that it's inevitable, death. I can't change that everyone I know is going to die, right? And you might think that's a morbid thing to say, Hal. No, that's reality. Are you at peace with reality or do you resist reality and create emotional turmoil, emotional pain for yourself? Because that's the opposite of being at peace is to experience that inner turmoil. And what causes that is not the things that we think are causing it. You, If you've listened to the podcast, you hear me talk about this you know, often. It's our resistance to reality. It's wishing we could change something that we can't change because it either is in the past or it's otherwise out of our control. And so we have a choice. Either we can continue to resist reality, wish it were different and create emotional pain for ourselves, or we can put our hand on our heart. Hand doesn't have to go on the heart, but that for me is always like an anchor of just being at peace, feeling my emotions deeply, feeling grateful. Like whenever I want to feel positive emotions, whether it's peace or gratitude or joy, I almost always put my hand on my heart. And I've done that for so long that it is an anchor. As soon as the hand hits the heart, it tells my nervous system, ah, relax. Everything is okay. You're at peace. Focus on what you can change. Enjoy life. Enjoy the moment. Be present, right? The hand on the heart is a physical anchor that, again, relaxes my nervous system and takes me immediately, almost immediately into a positive emotional state. And I'll tell you, that is significantly more effective than just relying on your thoughts, right? Trying to think yourself into a better state. In the beginning, that's what you have to do, right? Now you can journal, you can get your thoughts out of your head, your worries out of your head, that those are all effective techniques. But once you get yourself in that positive state, make sure the hand is on the heart because, and do that every day during your miracle morning, during your emotional meditation, your emotional optimization meditation, because that becomes an anchor. And now whenever you need to feel peaceful, whenever your, your nervous system is out of whack, put your hand on your heart and immediately you can change it. 
So number four, the fourth attribute of a miracle mindset is at peace. Number five is passionate, passionate about life and what's possible, passionate about fulfilling the unlimited potential that is within each of us, passionate about making an impact for the people you love and those you lead. I remember I went to a Tony Robbins event in uh, 1999, no, no, 2000. So what, 23 years ago. And um, Tony's, you live with passion. Like that's one of Tony's themes, you know, that like a good life is a life where you're living with passion. My friend, Carrie Malinsky, Smolinsky, sorry, not Malinsky, Smolinsky wrote a book called, I believe it's called Live With Passion. I'm going off memory. I'm pretty sure it's called Live With Passion. I encourage you to go to Amazon, check it out. I'm having a, a gentleman on the podcast here coming up. Oh gosh, I'm blanking. Hey, when I do that, when I say something and then I realize I don't remember the name, I think it's John R. Miles. I know I can see his face. I can see his book, but he has a book called Passion Struck. Um, and that's his whole, everything he talks about is passion. So think about it. If some of the most brilliant, these brilliant people, these you know authors and Tony Robbins who leads events and is trusted by world leaders to advise them on their mindset, if they're all talking about how important passion is, to having a meaningful life where you're living with passion. Now, what's the opposite of that? To give you an idea, what's the opposite? Picture someone that's passionate, first of all. Somebody that is passionate. Are they, do they look like they're, they're on fire? They are living life to the fullest? Absolutely. What's the opposite? Someone that's apathetic, that's just, that's indifferent, that's just, just going through the motions one day at a time, man. Life is difficult. No, if they have no passion about anything, right? It's like, they're barely living. They're barely alive. Like the opposite of passion. Someone that has no passion for life, for their kids, for their family, the extreme of no passion, right? That's like, that's depression. That's sad. That's right. And so you have to, remember, we're talking about today, cultivating your miracle mindset. You have to cultivate a miracle mindset. All right. Number six, and there's seven here. So we're almost through. Uh, number six is emotionally intelligent. Someone that's emotionally intelligent, that's a crucial part of a miracle mindset. What does that mean? It means being aware of and able to essentially control your emotional state, to choose the emotion that would best serve you in each moment, be aware of the emotions that aren't serving you, and then to put your hand on your heart, right, and get yourself into a peak state that serves the moment at hand, whether it's your work or your family or whatever it is. And then number seven is self-disciplined. A miracle mindset is one of self-discipline that you're able to get. What does that mean? It's able to get yourself to do what you need to do when you need to do it, regardless of whether you feel like it or not. It's one of the most important attributes of a miracle mindset because every other thing you want in your life, you want to get physically fit, it's going to require self-discipline. You want to start a business or transform your marriage or be a good parent or, I mean, you name it. Or, or cultivate a miracle mindset, do a miracle morning, it's going to require self-discipline. It's one of the most important aspects of a miracle mindset. All right. I just realized we're at third. All right. Today's episode is a little longer than I intended. I almost want to break it into two parts and I got you like, you're ready. You understand where we're going. All right. Let me, I'm just going to record the rest of this and then I'll see how long it takes and maybe I'll break it into a second part. We'll see. Um, here we go. All right. So let's talk about how to start or rather maybe continue cultivating your miracle mindset. Because if you're listening to this podcast, you've been cultivating your miracle mindset throughout the podcast. If you listen to the podcast over an extended period of time, I talk about this, you know, different topics that cultivate a miracle mindset, the individual aspects that I just talked about, growth-minded, confident and resilient, being happy, being at peace, emotionally intelligent, self-discipline. These are things we've talked about on the podcast. And if you do a miracle morning, you're already cultivating your 
mindset every day. So let's actually start with, I'm going to give you three. Again, I could talk about this ad nauseum all day. I'm going to give you three components of a miracle mindset, how to cultivate it. Not the components of, we just covered the components of the miracle mindset. Here are three strategies to cultivate yours. Number one, and this is, I'm going to start where you already are, hopefully. So hopefully you just already go, oh, I can check that one off the list. Dedicate time to your daily personal development. Now, the number two answer in the survey of what we want help with this year was personal growth or personal development. That was 69% of you. So we're going to talk about that. But dedicate time to your daily personal development because the more you learn and the more you grow and the more you practice self-care and optimizing your mindset, the more you will automatically develop most, if not all, of the attributes that I just described of a miracle mindset by default. As you gain more knowledge and, and more self-awareness, you become more confident and resilient. You are growth-minded. That's literally by doing personal development, you are being growth-minded. You become happier. You become more at peace. You become more passionate about your life, more emotionally intelligent, more self-disciplined. Just by doing your miracle morning every day, you are literally developing all seven of those attributes of a miracle mindset. Pretty cool. So you may be already doing that. Keep doing it. Number two, aspire to maintain inner freedom as your underlying state of consciousness. I'll say that again in case you're taking notes. Aspire to maintain inner freedom as your underlying state of consciousness. What does that mean? That means making a conscious decision that you will no longer allow outside forces to dictate your mental and emotional states. Again, maintaining a state of inner freedom as your underlying state of consciousness. It means making a conscious decision, not one time. It starts with one time, but it's a daily decision that you will no longer allow outside forces to dictate your mental and emotional states. That's what 99.999% of us do, myself included. I try to do it as little as possible, but I fail at least once every day and probably five to 10 times a day where something rattles me, it gets me upset. But at least I'm aspiring. You follow? Like I'm telling you not to perfect this, to aspire to maintain inner freedom as your underlying state of consciousness. And that conscious decision that you will no longer allow outside forces to dictate your mental and emotional states, your mental and emotional well-being. You know, I realized the other day that, man, I really let other people, maybe more than circumstances, maybe I'm, I'm better maybe at circumstances, but other people cause me stress and worry and overwhelm. And I allow other people to affect my state. Sometimes it's people that I love and they're just, they want something from me and I don't want to, I want to people please. I'm a people pleaser. So I want to always help people. And now I'm, I'm stressed out because I said yes to too many things. But there's a whole variety of ways that we allow other people to affect negatively affect our mental and emotional state. So I'm telling you, I'm encouraging, I'm inviting you, if you want to cultivate a miracle mindset, to aspire to maintain inner freedom as your underlying state of consciousness. And number three, choose to do the right thing instead of the easy thing. This is, I believe, the simplest, most effective strategy to cultivate self-discipline. I was lucky I learned it when I was 20 years old, maybe 19 years old from one of my mentors, Jay Brad Britton. Brad, if you're listening to this, I love you, brother. Thank you for this. Changed my life. Uh, to this day, it is one of my underlying fundamental mantras. I will do the right thing, not the easy thing. When the alarm goes off in the morning, by the way, let me define it. The right thing, not the easy thing. Well, what is the right thing? How do you know what that is? The right thing is anything that is in alignment with you being the best version of yourself. 
which is in alignment with you doing the things that contribute to your highest good, your highest good financially. So you're you're not wasting money, you're investing, you're making smart investments with your money. You're spending on things that are in alignment with your other values, like you're spending money on things that contribute to your health. When it comes to your health, you're choosing to eat the thing that contributes to your health, optimizing your health, right? In relationships, you're choosing to do the thing, the right thing is the thing that contributes to nurturing and fostering your relationships. And again, this is about progress, not perfection. Number two was aspiring to maintain inner freedom as your underlying state of consciousness. This is aspiring to do the right thing instead of the easy thing. But I use the word choose because every moment I have a choice. I can do the right thing or the easy thing. The right thing is what's in alignment with my values, my goals, my commitments. The easy thing is whatever's out of alignment. Choose to do the right thing, not the easy thing. These are three components that will help you cultivate your miracle mindset. I'd encourage you to rewind this, either listen to this whole thing again, or at least go back. And if you didn't write down these three, and I'd write down the attributes, so I'd rewind it, you know, 15 minutes, whatever. I'd write down the, when I defined a miracle mindset with those seven attributes, I would write that down because you want to be aware of what you're aspiring toward. And then I would write down these three keys to cultivating your miracle mindset. I'd highly encourage you to do that. And so number one, in recap, dedicate time to your daily personal development. You're probably already doing that. You are by default because you're listening to this podcast, but maybe you could take it up a notch. Maybe you could recommit to your miracle morning, do a 30-day journey. Number two, aspire to maintain inner freedom as your underlying state of consciousness. And number three, choose to do the right thing instead of the easy thing. All right, goal achievers and members of the Miracle Morning community, I got you out of here in just over 45 minutes, so a little bit longer than I planned on, but I hope this was really valuable. If it was, I never remember to ask this. I'm remembering. Please rate this podcast. Would you, If you haven't done that, would you take like less than five minutes and go to iTunes and go to the Achieve Your Goals podcast and just rate it? That would mean a ton. I never asked that, and that's why my podcast, the amount of listeners we get every month, like 200 80 million downloads compared to the amount of reviews we have. We have like 4.9 out of five stars or 4.8, but there's not that many reviews because I never asked for them. So if this added value to your life and you like the podcast, take please like less than five minutes. If you could rate it, that would be awesome. All right. I love you so much. And uh, I will talk to y'all, if not sooner, at the latest next week. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast.